Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back. We are getting close to ending our top 10 uh, theological stories of 2021. Um, if you've missed any of them, of course, go uh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you subscribe at The Gospel for Life. So number two, in no particular order, is the... The ongoing debate. Is your phone ringing? Really? Are you serious? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> We're professionals here, Jonathan. <laughs> Not to call anybody out by name. <laughs> yeah, sorry, brother. <laughs> um, did you want to? I was just going to say this is radio at its finest. That's right. This is why day after day, year after year, you guys tune in. You tune in is for yeah, this. This is and, this and is where it's all at. We appreciate that. So, the ongoing debate about human sexuality, homosexuality, and transgenderism. Um, of course, there's a tremendous uh, amount of societal pressure on the church to normalize homosexuality and transgenderism. Um, and, uh, of course, Christians are, are responding in, in, in various ways. Uh, in, in recent years, a PCA congregation in St. Louis has held a conference called Revoice. Uh, the Revoice mission, um, to quote, directly from uh, the website is uh, supporting, encouraging, and empowering gay, lesbian, same-sex, attracted, and other LGBT LGBT Christians so they can flourish while observing the historic Christian doctrine of marriage and sexuality, end quote. In other words, um, you, you can have, you can be a gay Christian as long as you're, you're celibate. And this, of course, has caused a major division in the PCA. There's... Um, uh, motions being made to change their uh, book of church order, um, and so let's just let's get to it. What are the? But before I ask the first question, um, that statement: supporting, encouraging, empowering gay, lesbian, same-sex attracted, and other LGBT Christians, so they can flourish while observing the historic Christian doctrine of marriage and sexuality. Can one of you guys um, um, speak to that statement? Well. Uh, my response to that is, uh, where where does our identity come from? Um, my my primary identity, where where I find, let, uh, let me just speak of myself personally. My identity is not found in heterosexuality. My identity is not found in being a heterosexual male. Um, my identity is in Christ. And uh, th- through and in Christ, I am a child of God. Uh, I am a I am a son. I've been a, I've been adopted as uh, one of God's children, and that that is where my identity lies. Uh, and the I've I've been bought with a price. Uh, as First Corinthians six says, when it talks about um, uh, sexual morality, 
Um, so I think it's a mistake, and, uh, and not and not just a mistake. Uh, it, it's sinful to find identity anywhere else, and that's what the Revoice movement has been doing uh, to uh, find identity as lesbian, as gay, as uh, transsexual, uh, et cetera, et cetera, LGBT, uh, XYZ, um, that's an idolatrous identity. Along with that, I mean, we would look at it and say, well, that would be silly if I define myself as an impatient Christian, as an angry Christian. As a lying Christian. As a lying Christian. I mean, we... That's not where I, I mean, this is just to reemphasize what Phil has beautifully said. Our identity is not outside of ourselves, our, 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 is not within ourselves. Our identity is outside of ourselves. Our identity is because who we are in Christ Jesus, that we're in union with him, that he now defines us. Mm-hmm. And we're defined with, by that union that has an effect um, so as we abide in Christ, what that means is that we are to be transformed into his image, um, the image of God that um, was lost in mm-hmm. the fall. And so to say that I am a lesbian Christian is to identify in the brokenness, in the loss of um, our image bearer status um, with the fall. Which would just is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. why would you do that? I don't mm-hmm. want to be identified um, because of the effect of the fall. I want to be identified because of the effect of the redemption that has been secured yeah. through Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm being called to put off the old nature, yeah. and those labels are putting on. The right. old so nature. part of part of what the part of what this movement um, <clears throat> their pushback would be. Is that um, no the desires that I have for the same sex? We're, so we're speaking specifically about homosexuality here, not not transgenderism. That desire that I have is a good desire. That was part of you know the way that God made me. Um, and, and this is where there's a, a a bit of a contradiction in in the mission statement because it, it talks about being a gay Christian um, but remaining celibate. Well, there's the contradiction. If if God gave you these desires to um, have a homosexual relationship, then if the desires are themselves not sinful, mm-hmm. then the actions would also follow not to be sinful. So it's what's called a Trojan horse. It's it's bringing in this 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 unsustainable position. Um, because if God gave us desires that are not sinful, then it's not sinful to act on them. Sure. And so we, we, you know, not just being a Christian, but going back to the original purposes of, of creation, it said that God made man, um, man and woman, um, and they are image bearers. And so he made them uniquely this way, and he made them uniquely to complement one another. Mm-hmm. And so to go outside of that design um, is inherently broken. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm well, not convinced that people aren't born with sure with tendencies with proclivities. Yes, but, I, but a proclivity is a different thing than saying that desire is something that God gave me and that it's good. I th- I would say that these are the effect of the fall. That I think it I think it's it's evident from just just observation that there are people that have different personality tendencies. 
different um, desires that are different. I mean, so somebody might have a tendency towards impatience where somebody might have a more laid back personality and is not easily irritable um, or a proclivity towards drinking or, or drugs or whatever. I mean, you can fill in the blank with whatever you sure, want. I, sure. I, I really actually don't care um, because to me, most of this is a denial of the effects of the fall. Yes. Um, we're, we're all broken by the fall. That's correct. We all have desires that dishonor God. Uh, we, we, we all struggle with whether, regardless of what area of life yeah. that desire is in, it may have nothing to do with sexuality. Um, but uh, we are all broken by the fall and have desires that would lead us to sin. The the question is, and one of you guys said it earlier, would I identify as a lying Christian? Would I identify as a covetous Christian? Uh, would I identify um, as an adulterous Christian? Yeah. Um, no, we don't. We don't find our our identity there. Yeah. Real quick, let's make. A, I want to make a distinction between um, temptation and desire. Um, Jesus in, in Matthew chapter four was tempted by the devil. In those temptations, Jesus in no way sinned. Right. So being tempted is not a sin. So if if you're listening and you're tempted by same sex um, attraction, the temptation itself is not sin. It, it turns into sin when you start coveting after that thing, whatever yeah. that thing is. So again, you yes. can put drugs or alcohol or anything into that, but it is sinful. And so, how do you how do you deal with that type of same sex desire? So, mm-hmm. so different than than just a temptation is you deal with it in every other way that you deal with every other sin. You you bring it to the Lord. You yeah, ask him. You ask him to renew your mind through his word. You you repent of wrong desires. I mean, that's the prescription from the Bible to to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would. I mean, maybe this is an oversimplification, but temptations typically deal with things that are external, that present themselves to the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and those temptations then engage with our with our desires, and so you know um, maybe you have a tendency towards gluttony. So your desire is to for food and to eat too much. Well, the temptation is the the chocolate cake that's on the counter. Um, the chocolate cake is the temptation. It's not the desire. It's it's the temptation mm-hmm. that's touching upon a desire that you have. Um, and so in my, it's helpful for me to make this distinction that Jesus being tempted by the devil, the devil is bringing things into Jesus, to Jesus, that he is hoping will touch upon an internal desire of Christ. Well, Christ has no desires internally that are contrary to the will of God. And so those temptations cannot take hold because they're running contrary to the desires of Christ, which are always towards God. And the idea is that as fallen image bearers, our desires are naturally contrary to the desires of God. And part of becoming a Christian is being renewed. 
Colossians 3.10 and Ephesians 4.24 will say that we're being renewed in the image of God, renewed in in knowledge, in holiness, and in righteousness, so that our desires begin to align more and more with God and less and less with our fallenness. Mm -hmm. And so this whole system is actually saying, is, is providing justification for desires that are contrary yeah. to um, being a true image bearer of God. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Kevin DeYoung wrote an article several years ago. Uh, basically, the title of it was something like, why are we talking about homosexuality all the time? And he, he basically said, well, we're actually responding. Um, we're responding to that that kind of movement that's saying, oh, I can be a gay Christian. There's no movement that's saying, I can be a wife-beating Christian. I can be a, a drunk. There's no movement. Right. Um, we're responding to, I mean, th- this type of thinking, it is a Christian heresy. I mean, back in Jeremiah's day, Jeremiah had to deal with people who said, I worship Yahweh and I worship Baal. This is this is syncretism. Mm-hmm. Um not not because it's the particular issue of sexuality, but it's the particular issue of human autonomy that I can choose to be whoever I want to be. Again, back to the principle of ultimate ownership. God is ownership of our bodies. He yeah. tells us He tells us who we are, what purpose we came into the world for, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. That's well, why we need a redeemer because we broke that very principle of ownership. Yeah, Amen. It's also about the modern world's idolatry of sex. Uh, the the, the the modern world uh, has gone back to the ancient world, which uh, in, in, in the ancient world, sex was worshipped as a god, the fertility gods, Baal, Asherah. Um, it was all about sex. And we're, we, we haven't invented anything new, uh, but when we make an idol out, out of sex, um, we're, we're, we're going to uh, run run we're going to stray away from the real God. That's right. You've been listening to the gospel for life. We will see you next time.